Welcome to Obsessed Show, a podcast that is designed to inspire, featuring some of the most creative people in the world. I'm your host, Josh Miles. Today from the No Indie Podcast, we finally got part two of Aaron Scamahorn. First off, if you wondered what the heck happened to me, sorry for the long hiatus. I'm happy to report that as of today, including this episode, we have seven shows in the can, as they say, and three more scheduled. So it's not so much that I haven't been working on the show. It's just I haven't been finishing any of these episodes. So sorry about that. This seemed like a great time to declare welcome to season four of Obsessed Show. You'll note that we are no longer calling it Obsessed with Design. This season, we'll still be chatting with designers from branding, illustration, architecture, and design thinking, but we'll also be talking to other makers and creatives along the way. In fact, when we started the show, the plan all along was to broaden out and talk to other guests eventually, which was part of why our website and Twitter handle and Instagram are all obsessed show. That's enough about season four. Let's talk about today's episode. If you haven't already listened to episode 109, you might want to go back and do that first, but I think you'll catch up all right if you start from here as well. So if you missed 109, this is part two of an interview by Steven Tyler. Uh, probably not the Steven Tyler you're thinking of. It's called the No Indie Podcast, and it's a great new show. You should definitely check it out. Subscribe to Steven's show over at noindie.com. That's K-N-O-W-I-N-D-Y.com. And if you'd like to hear more about my personal story, his episode 11 and 12 of the No Indie Show feature yours truly. I actually recorded those almost a year ago, so it's kind of a walk down memory lane for me to hear what I was thinking about almost a year ago. And I described my favorite way to cook the perfect steak. Coincidentally, I'm making steak tonight. Lastly, if you're into what we're doing here, you might also want to check out my personal branding and marketing tips called 59 Second Friday. That's over at youtube.com slash Josh Miles. So without further ado, and believe me, that was plenty of ado, please enjoy part two of Aaron Scamhorn and No Indie. I mean, anything that you can be addicted to, I get addicted to. <laughs> if I touch it, it's a good thing I've never had an opportunity to touch heroin or cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Steven Tyler, and this is No Indie. Each week on the show, I share a conversation with one of the good people doing their best right here in Indianapolis. This episode is part two of my conversation with artist and designer Aaron Scamahorn. If you have not yet listened to the first half of my conversation with Aaron, pause right now and go listen to episode seven first. Thank you for listening. Here is part two of my conversation with Aaron Scamahorn. So one of the biggest barriers I see for people getting something started is just the fact of going to do it. What, uh, what pushes you? Why are you, you seem like a go-doer. What's your trigger for going to do things? Um, a lot of it's curiosity, but I think a lot of it goes back to that, that core drive that I was talking about when, when you're a kid and you're, um, getting that feedback, that's like a little bit of a drug and mm-hmm. the excitement about creating something and, and seeing a, a cool response from it. Um, and even if that the response is, is internal, like your own excitement about what you're creating, um, channel that to put stuff out there. Did you 
put intentional effort into like parlaying those first couple of posters into being more work or did it just naturally happen because yeah, the, the cake one was lucky. It was that right? real lucky. Yeah. I mean, it blew up and, and sold out instantly everywhere. Um, it was crazy. The, uh, the sites at the time, like espresso beans and gigposters.com, they got listed up on there and then, um, it led to a lot of other opportunities. Wow. How many did you print? that cake poster not very many really so few i wish we would have printed a ton more um i want to say 75 oh wow yeah and i was i was able to keep 30 maybe 25 something like that and the band sold the rest of the show they sold out at the concert of course and then i posted mine up on my site for sale i think i sold them for like 20 bucks too and I saw him on espresso beans listed for like 500. I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> I didn't know. Do you still have any of them? Yeah, I got a couple. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, wow. I've never created anything worth that much money. <laughs> <laughs> you make me think about myself. <laughs> it is cool to see that secondary market. I mean, that does add an extra level of legitimacy to what you're doing that there's people who are willing to rebuy and resell. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is that kind of a whole, is that a whole thing? Like trading, trading oh, yeah. gig posters? The, the gig poster collector market is nuts. I mean, the, like when Shepard Ferry would drop a poster, I don't even know if it's like that anymore. I don't follow his store side of things very much anymore. But um, I mean, he would drop a poster and people would be like lining up, crashing his website for him. So really? because they knew they could turn around on eBay tomorrow for 10, 10 times as much. Oh, wow. It's nuts. Yeah. Um, I had no idea. Yeah. Huh. Okay. It's like Bitcoin today, right? Like, well, <laughs> man, I heard about Bitcoin when it was like, yeah, a hundred dollars a coin. And I was like, man, it's really expensive. There's no way it's going to go up. I'd be a millionaire <laughs> I, I if know, I'd just right? been. <laughs> just dropped a grand on it oh, 10 years ago. It kills me. Um, so I know MOKB was connecting you to these bands. Were you also reaching out independently yourself to these bands? Uh, not initially. Yeah. They were my liaison for a long time um, to be able to make those things happen. But then eventually... Um, he started putting me in touch with management um, when bands would come through town. But then also I was like, you know, I've, I've got a decent portfolio building up and um, I'm proud of what, what's in there. And I feel like I can make a, a case for a band working with me. Mm -hmm. So I started just like finding management email addresses on like Facebook and whatnot for bands that I was a big fan of and reaching out to them. Okay. How did you make that ask? Um, you know, I just said, Hey, I know you're coming into town on such and such a date. Um, I wanted to see if you guys are interested in doing a gig poster. Here's the the handful that I've done for cake and, um, some other bands. And, um, here's a rough breakdown of what the cost would be. And we can do it a couple different ways. If, if you want me to sell them at the show or you want to sell them and split profits, that kind of thing. Um, and typically they were great about it. There's the handful of bands out there who are just like super protective of their mm. image and marketing and whatnot. But, mm -hmm. um, Made, made some cool connections that way. Um, one of my favorite bands of all time is Bayside and mm -hmm. uh, just cold called on them and uh, made a great connection. We ended up doing a ton of stuff. We'd, I ended up designing their album art um, for their Colt album and vinyl came after that and then did some record store day album art for them. And really cool. Yeah, that was one of those moments where I was like, oh, a band that I'm a huge fan of and the design stuff for them was rad. Wow. Yeah. All this is happening. You're working a full day job. Is that right? Yeah. So I wanted to keep the, the day gig. Um, cause I was just always needed that stability. Um, never really felt like I could make the dive to going full-time freelance. Um, and I love the freedom that that allows so that you don't have to take on jobs you don't want to work on. So it was like, I'm going to go do my nine to five and, um, guarantee that I have insurance and I can pay my mortgage. And then at night I'm just going to do whatever I want to do, whatever clicks, whatever inspires me. 
So as I went through your portfolio, I was just blown away with how prolific you are. Like, <laughs> um, you say you work from like 10 to 2 a.m. And I totally believe it because you've done a ton of stuff <laughs> all the while working a day job. Um, do you, would you say you have an obsessive personality? Oh, for sure. For sure. I'm insanely addicted to stuff. Yeah. What, um, what else? Uh, I mean, anything that you can be addicted to, I get addicted to. <laughs> if I touch it, it's a good thing. I've never had an opportunity to touch heroin or cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, I think a lot of it is the chasing that high of, of creating something new and interesting. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. One thing at a time, or do you have like five uh, addictions at once? I mean, especially with projects, since there's some, always a million different projects in the, in the queue. Um, I've gotten better about it. Um, in recent years of just taking on the ones that are the most fun and not taking on every little thing that sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah. How do you make that choice? How do you decide what's top tier versus not going to get your attention? Um, if I can tell the client's going to be difficult, um, or they don't have a great budget and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, that'll often shy me away or, um, if, yeah, if just the work doesn't sound that interesting, uh, they really want to work with me or whatever, but it doesn't sound like it's going to be fun to work on. I'll pass on it. Okay. What drives you to create so prolifically? Um, I mean, there's definitely a financial aspect to it. Um, yeah. I like living comfortably, um, like doing fun things and traveling yeah. a bunch, yeah. um, drinking expensive beer and <laughs> eating great food. Yeah. Do you think you'll ever like satisfy your urge to create? Like will it ever be satisfied? <laughs> You know, um, we just bought an Airstream last January and, uh, it's been our, our new, new shift to be able to spend our weekends kind of away from work. Um, so we've been going to state parks and a couple of national parks in that, um, on vacations and weekends. And, uh, it's been a nice, uh, detraction. So, and again, the, back to contrast, it's a nice contrast. So that when I come back, I can hit that. And, you know, I think at some point I can definitely see myself traveling more full time, mm-hmm. um, and just relaxing and enjoying the road. Okay. Yeah. Everyone I talked to that does like, did you do a big trip? Have you done a big trip out West? Yeah, just, uh, just, uh, it was just like two and a half weeks. Uh, we just went out to South Dakota and did all, all South Dakota and Wyoming and stuff. Okay. Yeah. When I hear people come back from those trips, typically there's like one moment where they're like, and then I understood the meaning of life, <laughs> you know, maybe not quite that profound, but yeah. they, they have like an aha moment on the trip. Did you have one of those? I mean, I was way more eager before that trip to be like, Hey, we could like live in this and sell all our worldly possessions and, um, just kind of check out and be super cheap to live. But yeah, after two and a half weeks in it, you're kind of like, you know what? I'm kind of ready to go home. I'm ready for a full size king size bed and, and easy air conditioning that always works. And, um, not having having to deal with park crowds and stuff like that. Um, So I was a lot more ready to get to that, that point in life that I, I could spend more time in it, but I'm, I'm all right with just using it for vacation for a while. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I saw you made a piece that in Latin said life is short, but art is forever. Yeah. Uh, so we come in a digital age that if something's created, it can be a JPEG and tweeted in a matter of seconds and no one really cares mm. the first it, what the first digital file was right. versus when the Mona Lisa was created. If you want to see the Mona Lisa, you had to go see the Mona Lisa. Right. Um, how do you think about your art as it, you're creating a tangible thing. Like, yeah, we can, I can see a picture of the gig poster, but to actually see it, there's only a handful of them. How do you think about your art in posterity? Um, it's something that kind of depresses me a little bit. I, I worry about uh, the longevity of any of it. Um, 
I did a, a, a show. I wanted to take the screen printing medium um, to kind of a little more of a fine art level and not necessarily just as a promoting a show kind of mm-hmm. thing. Uh, so I did a show called Bunnies and Pretty Things where I screen printed. Um, no, it wasn't called Bunnies and Pretty Things. Sorry, that was a different show. This was called Freaks and Geeks. I partnered with Jason Raymer of Lodge Design. Yeah. Um, he wrote some stories about these weird and interesting quirky characters. And I illustrated portraits um, of people to represent the characters in the story. And so um, I was doing these big oversized screen prints on wood um, with the story uh, transferred onto the wood as well. Um, so you got the image and the story and, and one big piece of art um, and then like coated them in, in uh, um, clear acrylic and mm-hmm. uh, was really liked the fine art nature of that. Um, and was really excited to see people uh, into it enough to purchase them and, and hang them in their home. Um, and I have, I have still a big itch to do more of that. Uh, and, I, and I'm not sure what's held me back other than just time and things that are more immediately profitable hmm. um, and more immediately fulfilling mm-hmm. creatively. Um, it's definitely a time suck to kind of invest into some of that longer lasting fine art version of things. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's definitely a, a cool experience to create some of that more longevity focused work. Um, I was going to ask like, what's, what's next for you? You've, are you saying that fine art might be your next endeavor or is there something you see in between? Uh, eh. <laughs> um, I definitely see myself doing some more shows in the future. Um, I don't know if the production side of that is, is appealing to me. Um, like I really enjoy creating the, the banana sculpture. And then just having someone to produce those, those final figures from that. Like I, mm-hmm. I just provided a flat file and a couple like sketches of what it might look from a different angle. And then a 3d artist rendered that out and, and then produced it. Um, there's something real satisfying about that. Like this is the concept and the look. Mm-hmm. And then here's the, here's the finished product uh, with, without a lot of that legwork to do it yourself. Um, so I could see myself producing some, some bigger fine art portrait kind of focused work um, and then farming out some of the production of it. Okay. Yeah. Um, what are you most proud of? Most proud of, I mean, that cake one falls, falls in up there pretty high. Um, there was a portrait I did as part of the freaks and geeks show. It was probably my favorite thing that I've ever created. Um, that was a illustration of this girl from this real weird movie. Um, I don't even remember what it's called. It was a foreign film. Uh, I was, I was commissioned to do it for the silver screen society, which is a website that was focusing on these rare and obscure films Hmm. and, uh, and, and getting artists to create promotional posters and imagery from those films to try to draw some, um, connection to them. Um, so I created this portrait of this woman as like a weird nurse, like biting her nails, um, that I produced via some painting with screen printing on top of it. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was a kind of a combination of mediums there. Um, but just something about that image. That's probably one of my most proud pieces. Okay. Yeah. One thing I love about, um, or one thing I love that you've done, but I don't possess the ability to participate in is the craft brew doodle crew. <laughs> Are you still doing that? Yeah, absolutely. Every third Thursday at Indiana city. Can you tell people what it is? Yeah, absolutely. The craft brew doodle crew started as a, um, desire again for some contrast. Um, I'd seen this event in New York called uh, drink and draw where they would bring in an artist, um, to talk to a group of creatives about their process of sketching their process of um, drawing for art or design or whatever. Um, And then the people that would attend 
uh, sat at tables with yellow um, tablecloth and they were served beer and they would draw along with the artist during the lecture. I was like, man, I'd love to be a part of something like that. But again, like I was talking, I'm not just going to rip it off and try to start a drink and draw in Indianapolis. Um, and I'd been working with Indiana city, um, big passion for the craft beer industry. And, um, so I wanted to take that idea and, and do a twist on it in a way that could also connect more people together. So it was more about interaction with, with, uh, other creatives from the, um, local design community mm-hmm. and art community. And this idea came through of, uh, doing musical chairs, doodling, so that each piece would be a collaboration of everyone at the table. Hmm. Um, so every 10 minutes we rotate. Um, each station has a theme. Um, some real crazy ones like Too Many Eyes, um, Rat Kings, um, just super random stuff. And just something to spark a concept uh, to get it get it going. And uh, in, my, in the night there's some, just some crazy work. Um, you can see more on uh, Craft Brew Doodle Crew on Facebook. Okay. Um, craftbrewdoodlecrew.com I think drives you to Facebook too. Um yeah, it's a blast. It's just a super cool way to, to meet some other artists locally. I've made some great friends through that. Um, it's always a great creative release cause it's just like a brain teaser for, um, creation where it's like, okay, I see where they've started with this, the 10 minutes that they established the mm-hmm. start of this drawing, like where am I going to take it next? Yeah. Um, well, um, so like I said, I'd love to do it. But I saw the level of skill. Yeah. I recognize that I don't have that level of skill. <laughs> what, uh, do you have a threshold? Like if people hear like, oh, that's awesome. Like I'm joining it. And then they come and draw stick figures over everything. Yeah. I feel like that might ruin the form. Yeah. I mean, we've had some people, um, want to be a part of it that didn't, weren't quite up to par, but it, it, it kind of all levels out a little bit in the sense that like, there's some amazing illustrators at that table. Yeah. Um, some of the best in India, in my opinion, um, that, like I sometimes feel like I shouldn't sit at the table with them. Like really? I'm, I'm not the best doodler by any means. A lot of my skill lies much more digitally. Um, but I mean, anyone who's, who's interested to be a part of it can definitely reach out. Um, okay. we, we always ask to see a little sample of what they can create to make sure it's at least something that, that comparable to yeah. be able to produce. Yeah. If I didn't know what I was getting into and got to see the table, <laughs> I would walk up and I would see the first round go and I would just sit there with my hands on my lap. <laughs> my 10 minutes would be of silence. We've definitely had some people come once and not come back. <laughs> but everyone is welcome. Um, we definitely encourage people to come and hang out and watch too. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're working on um, trying to create a way to um, stream video from above the table um, onto the screens in the tap room so that anyone that's hanging out there drinking beer can watch what's going on. And what do you do with the finished pieces? Um, we actually have a corner of Indiana City's brewing, uh, Indiana City Brewing's tap room that they have um, sectioned off for us. They put our logo and vinyl on the wall and we frame the finished pieces and hang them there and sell them. Uh, the that's awesome. Room. Yeah. Cool. cool All right. And we actually just started our um, first ones getting ready to release here in a couple of weeks where every month they're going to partner with us and take one of our finished pieces and turn it into a can. Who's that? Indiana oh, Indiana City. That yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So the first one coming out is going to be Rat Kings and uh, it's a um, double dry hopped IPA that's uh, super like peachy and juicy and apparently really tasty. I'm excited to, to check it out. But then the, the label art's going to be the Craft for Doodle Crew. That is pretty cool. Yeah. It's oh, fun. Man. Um, I've heard you say that Steve Ashimi would be your dream, (laughs) dream commission. For sure. If, what about here in the city? If you got a dream commission here in Indy, what would it be? It's a good question. You know, I'm a a huge part of my passion and my most favorite thing to do is to create portraits. Um, anytime I have an opportunity to do that, even if it's just like a, um, a corporate, um, 
catalog of the board of directors and they wanted portraits illustrated of all of them, that, that's great. I mean, if it's something bigger than that, like the Colts wanted all of their players illustrated for some promotional thing, that would obviously be awesome. Um, yeah. Any sort of portraiture. Are you a big Colts fan? Uh, not really. I don't, oh, well. I don't have time to watch sports. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get you a gig. I, mean, I love like, the Colts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to get you a gig. And you're like, nah, I don't really like uh, All right. I, um, watch, I watch a lot of MMA. That's about all I watch. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you're particularly inspiring because you're great at getting an idea past an idea and actually into a thing. Do you sure. have any advice for an artist that is has lots of ideas and not a lot to show for them? Um, you know, I mean, finding a, a great resource, um, for producing your, your ideas is awesome. Like, um, I'm, I made really good friends with these guys in Illinois who actually are doing a lot of my screen printing for me now, um, called Haphazard Press. Mm-hmm. Definitely check them out. They do some amazing work. Um, but the ability for me to focus more in on the illustration and the, um, design aspect of it, and then have them help me out with some of the screen printing has been huge for my ability to produce more, hmm. um, because it's, man, it's a labor intensive time consuming process. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if you can find those partners that, that can help work with you on your, on your concepts is a great way to get going. Okay. Uh, last real question before we officially wrap up. If I give you space on the billboard here in the city, mm. what would you put on it? You could, <gasps> it could be words or a piece. <laughs> I just started doing some work for uh, a group called the resistor kit. Mm. Um, and not to get political here, but uh, the, uh, we did an illustration of uh, Donald Trump with a in one of those old um, World War II era posters that was like, "We beat him again. We can beat him. Ag- we beat him before. We can beat him again." That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and instead of like a gun held at the the soldier from the previous war, there was a microphone stuck in his mouth, and he's just making a crazy face. Um, I'd love to see that on a billboard right now. There you go. Right, right on four sixty five. Here we go. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Uh, any final ask of our listeners? Um, you know, um, definitely check out craft brew doodle crew. Okay. Um, craft brew doodle crew.com. Yep. Thursday nights at Indiana city. Third Thursdays of every month. Third Thursday. All right. We'll put that yeah. in the show notes. Right on. Okay. Um, and yeah, check it out on, on Instagram and, um, and Facebook. Um, yeah. Okay. And where can people connect with you? Um, I'm Ron Luhorn everywhere. It's R O N L E W H O R N on Instagram and Facebook and all the other things and ronlehorn.com and ronlehorn.com. All right. Yeah. Very good. Thank you so much for doing this today. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Good time. Yeah. That was Aaron Scamahorn. I have a little piece of exciting news to share. Part one of my interview with Aaron was featured on another show called obsessed with design on each episode of obsessed with design host, Josh miles interviews, a guest from the design community. And he was gracious enough to feature my interview with Aaron on his most recent episode. So I would like to say thank you to Josh for supporting No Indie and also say if you are not listening to Obsessed with Design, you should be. I recommend starting with his interview of co-founder and partner at indie-based firm High Alpha, Christian Anderson. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and don't forget to leave a rating and review in Apple Podcast. Find me on the socials at No Indie Show and learn more at noindie.com. One last thing, I'm starting to plan for January episodes. So if there's someone you would like to hear on the show, hit me up on Twitter and let me know about it. I'll be back in your feed with a new guest next Thursday morning. Thank you for listening.
Okay, kids, that's show number 110 officially in the books. I hope you've enjoyed part two of Stephen's chat with Aaron Scamahorn. Stephen, thanks again for letting us share your show and please keep up the great work. As we expand our topics here at Obsessed Show, please tweet at Obsessed Show and let me know who else you think we should talk to. Do you want to hear from video people, from authors, from painters? What kind of creators and creatives and makers are most interesting to you? Because that's who I want to interview on this show. Don't forget to check out that new 59 Second Friday series all about personal branding and marketing on YouTube. That's youtube.com slash Josh Miles. And it would mean a lot to me if you just hit that subscribe button. Every subscriber means a lot. You can get all of today's show notes on our website, still at obsessedshow.com. And if you haven't already while you're there, add your email address to our newsletter. I'll update you on some of my favorite new episodes and some cool things I find in my daily obsessions. Of course, all the links are over at obsessedshow.com to all the places you can find this show, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Spotify. So no matter where you find your podcasts, chances are you can listen to Obsessed Show from there. Just head over to obsessedshow.com. The Obsessed Show took its very first steps at Miles Herndon, a branding agency in beautiful downtown Indianapolis. Visit milesherndon.com to learn more. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. And let me know what you think of the new music. Hope you dig it. <laughs>